0: You're listening to the Horizons Church podcast. Greetings, my friend. Hello. How are you on this cold
1: day? <laughs> well, I'm cold, that, but I'm not thrilled. Does that give away when we're recording this episode? <laughs> Recently enough that it's suddenly and uh, unwelcomely cold. <laughs> yeah it was uh it was it was a surprise
0: it was it's mostly a shock to my sinuses oh yeah i just cannot i can't handle it that sounds really (laughs) dramatic it's just uncomfortable yeah. when it goes from really warm to really cold very quickly, you know? Mm-hmm,
1: mm-hmm. Oh, you didn't have like... to iron, you know? I was just like, cold? Guess it's going to be a hoodie today. <laughs> so there's that. But, you know, I'll take the blow. I'll, I'll iron if it means I get some good weather again. Yeah. I kind of yeah. miss it already. And we've had, what, two days of it?
0: <laughs> yeah. that's Come back. And it's going to, like, warm right up basically oh, immediately. Good. Like, we're not going that's to be...
1: To In fact, when you're listening to this, it's probably a lovely day. Yeah. Forecast yeah. says... It's I
0: think finish. 68 degrees when we're listening to this, I, hope I think. So. I oh man! If you're listening to it on release day, that is. Yeah, you might not be. Maybe you're listening to this years from now.
1: Wow, I hope it's a good day for you then too. <laughs> yeah.
0: You ever think about how wild that is? Like I listen to podcasts from like years ago.
1: Oh yeah, I do too sometimes. And then thinking, man, that was interesting. <laughs> <laughs> don't, I feel like they don't usually make a lot of commentary or references that are super dated. And yeah, it's not that I think people are trying not to. I just feel like. It just We just naturally don't do it. Yeah. Right? Because I, I I get the sense that many podcasters record either in bulk or on particular schedules. Yeah. And so the, the, it's like within them to not reference the immediate week. Sure. Like we just did. Yeah. <laughs> the weather. <laughs> but beyond that, it's just like kind of evergreen commentary. You know, yeah. It's like you could reference a movie or something cultural, but you could reference that and talk about it anytime. Yeah. Frankly. So I don't know. Truly. That's interesting. Yeah. But it's always fun when they say something. I'm like, wow, that world. The pre-fill-in-the-blank world. Yes. You know, uh, however yes. many years ago. Yeah. Isn't that wild?
0: You just unlocked new frontiers to my mind.
1: <laughs> new frontiers. You just
0: opened my third eye.
1: <laughs> oh, This
0: is an Illuminati podcast now. Please, just please. kidding. Just kidding. Oh, man. Still a church podcast. Still not. We're not Illuminati. Wink, wink. That's another joke.
1: That's what the Illuminati please. would say. Yeah.
0: <laughs> 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 that's, the, that's the guy who goes on the conspiracy. They're like, oh, that's what they would say. This is a false flag
1: attack. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Save me.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well to give us another dated reference (laughs) (laughs) what (laughs) but we just came off easter sunday that's true as of the release of this podcast that is easter sunday man amazing
1: it went perfectly
0: you're prophesying that, yeah. aren't
1: you? <laughs> Went out without a hitch, no issues, beautiful. No issues. It was beautiful. Yeah, thank God for that. Thank God. In advance. It I'm, was lovely. Look, I'm praying for it to go well. <laughs> so I'm just, I'm just. Ethan, gonna, I feel
0: like you, you know, you have as much stake in that as preachers do, because like there's just so much of the <laughs> well, moving components goes wrong. that you, yeah.
1: Even if it's out of my control, I will blame myself. <laughs> <laughs> and everyone will just assume that it is my fault. Everyone looks back like, oh, oh that's happened before. Yeah, it like, wasn't my fault either. I was and trying. Like if, to fix even it. if
0: there's like nothing you can do, I think like you yeah. have to look like, you you're, like you're, trying. you're like you right.
1: like. oh yeah, is like, is my face concerned enough? <laughs> yeah, I do think about that.
0: <laughs> uh, giving away trade secrets over yeah. here, but you know, well, no, we did just come off of Easter Sunday, which is the most triumphant day on the church calendar. I think we would all, sure. I mean, probably
1: be agreed mm-hmm. on that. I, I, I do love the Easter Christmas debate, but. That's, yeah, that's another true. another time.
0: It is. It is. You're right. I, I did think about that momentarily, but I was like, <laughs> <laughs> pesky thoughts be gone. But <laughs> I guess, you know, Easter Sunday is the day in which we, we celebrate with gusto the resurrection of Christ, yeah. right? And I do have to clarify that, that we say we're celebrating with gusto on Easter because... You have to distinguish it because, I mean, technically every Sunday is a celebration of the resurrection, right? Yeah. We wouldn't be worshiping on Sunday if Jesus was still dead. True. That's but true. I digress. You know, that's, a, again, another another point for another time. Yeah,
1: I couldn't have said that better myself.
0: <laughs> Except you probably could have. <laughs> no, so we uh, we all know that the resurrection of Christ is really supposed to come into crystal clear focus on Easter, which, you know, certainly does for us. But aside from the fact that Jesus rose from the dead, which is that's a glorious thing in and of mm. itself, I think right, you know, you have this triumph that Jesus conquered the grave. But what does the resurrection mean for Christians? Like I think we can kind of make that so abstract and so historic that mm. it's just like, oh yeah, Jesus rose from the dead 2000 years ago. Yeah. Like I guess I should feel vaguely good about that. You know what I mean? <laughs> um I mean like to perhaps put it crassly, like what quote unquote benefits do Christians receive to this very day because of Christ's resurrection 2000 years ago?
1: Yeah, well sure. Like what is this do for me or, or mean for me in a sense beyond that grand historical kind of theological arc? Yeah. It can kind of feel like really beyond ourselves right? in this grand way outside of our personal selves.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And I do think, I mean, that is part of the, the difficulty with it. And that's something that I deal with talking to people from time to time is that it just distant might not actually not be a bad word to use. It's mm. like, it's so chronologically, like, historically far back. Yeah. It's like, I just don't understand how that reaches into today, 2,000 years later, to make some kind of a difference Mm -hmm. in my life. Other than, like what you said, there's this sort of grand, like, ethereal, (laughs) heavenly, (laughs) theological thing going on. So... There are a number of benefits, as it turns out. And I think, you know what? What better time to discuss some of those benefits than on the day after Easter? You what know? better time? What better time? I mean, maybe other than Easter. Maybe Easter itself. Yeah, well, okay, but checkmate me. Second checkmate. best.
1: Second best, They maybe third best. I don't know. You could say day before... <laughs> Because <laughs> you're like looking forward to. Oh
0: uh, yes, yes. But I think
1: day after is just as good. Just
0: as good. Well, thank you for that assurance. Ethan. Yeah, I I needed it. <laughs> so, so here are just three to consider that I don't think about as often. And mm. I actually, when I was working on this, I was like, oh yeah, you know what? These benefits are a direct result of the resurrection two thousand years ago, and they do apply today. So here are three of them. The first one is a forgiveness of sins and priestly mediation. That's a big one. That mm. mm-hmm. is true because of Christ's
1: resurrection. That is really so. That is really big.
0: It is. It is it's, it's kind of the the big thing. Um, so when Christ rose from the dead, it was proof that God had accepted His sacrifice for sins, mm. right? I think Paul says in Romans He was vindicated in the Spirit. I might be misquoting that a little bit. That's that, the danger of trying to pull things I mean, right off the top it of your head. Excellent. So you know what I mean. But basically, Jesus was vindicated as the one who has the power to forgive sins and release us from the penalty and power of sin. This is pretty central to the Christian faith. Obviously, the issue is we're alienated alienated from God by our sins. Like the world is under a curse because of sin. Yeah. That's a pretty central issue to us. And so Paul, he observes pretty astutely in 1 Corinthians 15 verses 16 through 17, for if the dead are not raised, not even Christ has been raised. And if Christ has not been raised, your faith is futile and you are still in your sins. What so, I thought. Yeah. Well, so he directly links the resurrection of Christ to the forgiveness of sins there. Yeah, And also the futility of your faith.
1: Like basically yeah.
0: like what are any of, us doing, putting our trust in this dead guy and enduring all of the difficulties and frustrations and hardships that come with the Christian faith if this guy isn't actually alive?
1: Yeah. It's just an exercise. Well, it's an exercise in futility.
0: Yeah, it is. Yes. Futility is the perfect word to use. In fact, as Paul would actually later say, we are among men and women on earth, most to be pitied. (laughs) You know what I mean? He's like, just, yeah, forget it. Like we're the, we're the scourge of the earth. Mm. And that was the issue with the priesthood and the Levitical sacrificial system in the Old Testament. So the high priest was the one who would go into the Holy of Holies on the Day of Atonement, as it was called, and basically, for lack of a better term, do the rituals that would atone for the sins of the Israelites. Mm -hmm. The problem is, you know, the high priest can only go into the Holy of Holies once a year. Yeah. The high priest dies and doesn't, you know, he doesn't rise from the dead three days later. No, he does not. And the sacrifices only covered sins rather than completely take them away. Right. So, I mean, that's a pretty big deal. But then Christ comes, he dies, he rises again as the once and for all sacrifice, and then he lives to this day to intercede for his people and offer them forgiveness. That's what the author of Hebrews says. He lives to make intercession for his people. So, I mean, in other words, he is alive and praying for us at this very moment. That's a wild thought. It is, that he is in the uh, the holy of holies in heaven, as, again, the author of Hebrews would say it. And he is offering intercession on our behalf. That is possible because of the resurrection. Like, he is able to offer that benefit to us because he rose from the dead. So I think that's pretty remarkable. Kind of gives you hope right now, even. I mean, I, shoot, I'm sure I've I've sinned, you know, at least a, a handful of times before even walking into the studio today. You know what I mean? Like, I need I need forgiveness for sins. I'm sure I'm not even aware I committed yet. Uh,
1: I, unironically, I was thinking that exact thing as I drove here this morning. I'm <laughs> like, there are things I don't even understand. <laughs> That's crazy, man. <laughs> I
0: and I laugh because what else would I do, cry? Um, <laughs> but I mean, how amazing is that, that, that he will continue to offer that to us because he is alive right now to continue to offer us that forgiveness and yeah. that he is glad to do so. And that's possible because he rose from the dead. So that's the first thing. He offers forgiveness of sins and priestly mediation. But the second thing is that Christ's resurrection gives us assurance of our resurrection.
1: Mm -hmm. So that was a, was that a, was that a segue in that last verse?
0: I mean, you know. you planting the seed? I may have been planting the seed. What? (laughs) We do that from time to time. On purpose sometimes even. (laughs) Not even on accident. So Jesus is not the only one who gets to experience the resurrection. I'm sure we've hammered this so many times that people who listen regularly are getting sick and tired of it. But like, again, for we Christians, death is not the end for us Mm -hmm. any more than death was the end for Jesus, right? In fact, even when we do die and our spirits go to be with the Father, like Christ's spirit did after his death, right? He said, Father, into your hands I commit my spirit, right? So he experienced that. But that isn't the end either. It's not, again, like we die and our spirits go up to some ethereal heaven and that's the resurrection. that's not the resurrection like that's a good thing that we get to enjoy before the resurrection but that's not the resurrection the same body we died in shall be raised one day into a new glorious body like Christ that's what's going to happen
1: that particular detail has always felt like one of the most mythical parts of our faith let alone like this topic yeah because like yeah yeah sure forgiveness of sins I got that (laughs) that makes sense that's kind of like point one in the chart of what to know right you get that that's really up there but you want to what? You wanna oh you wanna you wanna bring this body back? Yes. Which is actually kind of amazing. I know it's very easy to make the joke like, oh, this body? Really? Are you sure? <laughs> no, I get it. You know what I mean? We live we live in right. these faulted whatever. But I actually think this is kind of amazing because it makes me think that like God is sentimental mm-hmm. and, and there are things about you that are important enough to survive this resurrection process.
0: Yeah, yeah. And I think it brings that home in another way, kind of piggybacking off of what you were saying there, in that like there is something about who you are that is inextricably linked to your body, mm. like, in some sense. Like, I mean, it's not just that, like, uh, was it C.S. Lewis? I can't remember who it was. Someone like that. Some brilliant, smart guy. But it was like, <laughs> it's not just that you have a soul. It's that you are an embodied soul or you are an ensouled body. They're so linked that I mean again it's like it's not completely natural the idea that you're going to leave your body behind yeah. and go just with your spirit to be with the father in heaven before the resurrection. Which again Paul hits on that in 2 Corinthians 5 when he's like we do not long to be unclothed talking about like losing your body. Right. Like like that's not that's not natural. Like we long to be further clothed. Like we want these bodies but we want them without the curse, you know, we want them without the decay and the and the flaws and the pains and the aches that come with them yeah and it is amazing to think just that like you're so attached to the stuff of the earth you know what i mean like i mean god does care about this stuff i mean he made it you know he was the one who said it's good exactly and uh i think one of the risks that christians in the past century especially have run in america is like just over spiritualizing everything you know we Mm. just we have this gnostic idea about the world that's like the material (laughs) stuff is bad right you know ethereal spiritual stuff is good um Mm -hmm. like well like material creation is not inherently right. bad. But anyway, I'm digressing again. That's, you know, the point is your body, the one that you have will be raised again, and it will be glorified. You won't have to make like, oh, really, Lord, this body? Like, you won't, you will not be thinking that anymore. So again, Paul wrote in 1 Corinthians 15, for as by a man came death, by a man has come also the resurrection of the dead. For as in Adam all die, so also in Christ shall all be made alive, but each in his own order, Christ the first fruits. Then at is coming, those who belong to Christ. So that's just Paul's deep Pauline theological way of saying, listen, we belong to Adam. We all sinned in Adam. We all die. We all suffer the results of that. But those of us who belong to Christ, we follow him in his footsteps, basically. He rose from the dead first. He's the first fruit. And then when he returns... We follow in his footsteps there. That hope is ours because Jesus rose first. Right. We would not have that hope if that hadn't happened. Interesting enough, the uh, Pharisees and the Sadducees, the big thing that split them up, Mm -hmm. I mean, there were a number of things, I guess, but one of the biggest things was their belief in the resurrection. Really? Yeah. So the Pharisees believed there would be a physical resurrection. The Sadducees said no. Sadducees went so far as to deny angels and spirits.
1: Wow. That's a lot of spiritual gymnastics.
0: Yeah. (laughs) Wow. Yeah, in fact, when Paul, this is just a fun tidbit when you're reading Acts, when Paul was on trial before the Sanhedrin in the later half of the book, he was there unjustly, of course, but he was trying to like think, okay, how do I navigate that? Yeah, how do I navigate this and get myself out of here? I think that what the text says, he cried a loud voice, knowing and perceiving that half the group was like Pharisees, half was Sadducees, he says, Brothers, it is because of the hope of the resurrection that I am on trial this day. And a sharp dissension arose. Like the Pharisees, are like, well, what, what do we know? Maybe an angel spoke to him, and the Sadducees are like, You're insane. And like, Oh, whoa. And then the Roman cohort has to come in and like get Paul out of there because the people like are starting to get so that was brilliant man yeah amazing move there so that's possible because we have that hope because of Christ's resurrection and then the third benefit that I think reaches into today is hope for hard days So, I understand that compared to the first two benefits, this may seem kind of trite. You know, I mean, those are kind of big. Big Like, really, yeah. And like, especially when I think about like our resurrection, that really does, that just fills me with some deep, good emotions. I don't know. (laughs) So, and this kind of ties into it. This is a big deal because knowing that Jesus conquered death and knowing that he forgave us our sins, that he lives to make intercession, that we're going to be resurrected one day, I think if we can root ourselves in that, it gives us the kind of fuel that we need to do hard things for the sake of love and the cause of Christ, because okay. following Jesus is not easy. Right. Obviously, you know, I think we argue, and we do it cognizantly from the scriptures, that, like, the only way to know true joy and fulfillment, even in this life, is to follow Christ. The things of this world, and when I say world, I mean the system of living that's, you know, opposed to uh, to godliness and holiness. Those things promise happiness, but obviously they don't fulfill us, you know? I mean, you've got all kinds of people saying stuff like that, sure. you know? But that doesn't mean the Christian life isn't hard, that it isn't full of sorrows right. and, and sufferings, and that you are kind of swimming against the current in a lot of ways. And so, I mean, even with the peace of forgiveness and the joy of these future promises, the Christian life is hard. And we need a solid, sturdy hope if we're going to say no to sin, if we're going to resist temptation, if we're going to strive for holiness. So we need that kind of a hope. Mm-hmm. Um, and I mean, if you don't have that, there's really, again, no basis to do all this stuff. Exactly. You can only speculate on what this exactly means. But I mean, you have examples of this where like Paul in 2 Timothy says, Deimos, who was one of his companions. We read about him, I think, in Colossians, which if we're doing our timelines right, meant that Deimos had been with Paul for at least a number of years. But at Second Timothy, when Paul was writing that letter at the end of his life, he says, Deimos, in love with this present world, has deserted me. Oh, that's right, yeah. It seems, you know, I, you have to think that must mean in some sense he wasn't grounded in this hope that like things got too hard. You yeah, know, Paul's like, in prison, you're, you're getting thrown into a Roman dungeon, like, like... Nope, that's enough, Paul. Yeah, like, all right, like this present world is much easier. I can go with the flow here. So I'll leave and I'll go away. Way. Mm. So you, you need this kind of hope if you're going to continue to live the Christian life, basically. And after telling us about the resurrection, Paul concludes 1 Corinthians 15 with these words, therefore, my beloved brothers and sisters be steadfast, immovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord. And here's the reason he gives for this knowing that in the Lord, your labor is not in vain. So he links it to this hope that Jesus is alive and that he is going to reward you for the things that you're doing. And that's not mercenary. I think that's the other thing Christians are tempted by. Like, well, like if I'm if I'm doing this for any semblance of a reward, that's mercenary. Like, I just need to do it because I need to do it.
1: Because you have to feel like perfectly on the inside for everything that you do.
0: Right. But I mean, Jesus is unblushing in his motivations and his promises of reward for people who, yeah, I mean, true. you know, he's saying like, blessed are the meek for they shall inherit the earth. You know what I mean? Like what in the world? So So, I mean, as Jesus said, even the smallest cup of water you give to a Christian for his sake will be rewarded. And again, I don't think we should feel mercenary about the fact that we're saying, you know what? I am storing up (laughs) to use, I mean, the biblical language, but something that sometimes it gets so overused, it it sounds trite, like treasures in heaven, right? Right. There is that sense in which, I mean, there are, I even think about that, like, what is the nature of our rewards going to be? Like, who can imagine? Like, we got to know it's going to be amazing, like beyond our wildest dreams. But what is it going to look like? I have no idea, but it's going to be worth it. Golly, think about all the things that Christians have been enduring for thousands of years yeah. with this hope. And then that means that our labor is not in vain down to the I's we dot and the T's we cross. There's nothing that's not within the purview
1: mm, of exactly. Christ's that's a, resurrection. That's much better than what I was going to say. That's <laughs> a much better way to say
0: it. <laughs> but, I mean, that's the whole It's like, yeah, like all of this work we do for Christ's sake as Christians is within his purview. Yeah. And uh, that's true because Christ rose from the dead. And that's why he can be Lord over all this stuff. And those are just a few of the benefits that we get from the resurrection right here, right now, today. Not too shabby. Yeah. So whatever work you're doing today, do it for the Lord, knowing that labor, not in vain.
1: Get those treasures.
0: Get them. (laughs) Get them in there. Do the thing. So hope this episode was helpful to you, and I hope you are enjoying the uh, post-Easter week, the post-Easter, I say that mostly because I'm thinking after Easter I'm wiped, you know what I mean? Yeah, I'm like ready man. to take 20 naps a month uh, yeah, a month of naps, a month off yeah. so just hope you're having a great day I hope this episode was helpful and uh, you know if it was and you want to share it or leave an honest five-star review, mm. hey eh, that'd be great, you know, well, you yeah. do that. If you have any questions on this or any other topic, you can as always email us at podcast at horizonschurch.net. Happy Easter tide because Easter goes on, it's a season, it goes oh. after Easter Sunday Oh. Yeah. So happy Easter to all of you. I like that. Yeah. And we will catch you next time.